Hey folks, in this interview, I get to sit down with Zerb Mellish. He is an up and coming photographer out of the Dallas area. This is Twitter. Hey, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, I get to, it's a treat. I get to speak to a photographer who's, like I said in that little intro tease there, he's an up and coming photographer. He's got an interesting take on photography and he has decided to subject himself to shooting film. That old stuff that you may not even have heard of, depending on your how long you've been shooting photography. I shot film for many, many years, so it's a pleasure chatting with somebody, you know, saying that tongue-in-cheek. It's a pleasure talking with someone who, who is passionate about shooting film. So we're going to find out why he shoots film and a little bit about his career and what brought him to where he is today. So Zerb, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Hey, Patrick. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. It's good to have you here. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your day. I know you're busy. You have a bunch of stuff going on. In fact, we spoke yesterday, and you're telling me that you are heading out on a shoot soon, like today, like right after this, with a new camera, right? A new camera that, that I guess MPB sent over to you. What, what? Uh, mm. Before we dive into the, you know, who you are stuff, tell us about that, right? Like, what, what's going on there? Yeah, um... So the, the folks at MPB sent me the uh, the Fuji X Pro 3, and I'm actually really excited to shoot with it because I've been really in, into film for the longest time, and uh, I've been trying to, you know, incorporate digital in a way, but I've never been able to find, like, a good, good I guess good is subjective. I've never been able to find, like, a, a, a digital camera that really fits my workflow. So um, I've just been really um, happy that they sent this and I finally have a shoot schedule today to be able to use it. I've been using it here and there. I've been messing with the settings. I think like the, what's it called? The, what's the film emulations are mm -hmm. incredible. And I've just been tweaking those uh, settings so I can kind of emulate like film stocks as close as possible. Um, but yeah, um, that's what I'm going to be doing today. I'm actually going to be using it in the field today. Uh, so far I've only been shooting sunsets and uh, just, kind of using it in experimental ways to figure out like what the camera can do. But today I'm going to be, you know, really putting it to a test with a portrait session. Awesome. All right. So you are, so you're, you're, is the job that you're taking that Fujifilm camera out on, is this a new job or is it, is it a self-assigned project foot fun experimental? What's, what's the nature of the project? So um, for this project, it's not really, um, it's not a paid gig. It was, it's more of like a, a lot of times, like I'll find inspiration through friends and people that are just super inspiring by what they do. Um, and it's, it's really just two friends go, getting together and shooting. Um, it's, yeah. there's no real, like actual specific direction. I wanted okay. to really document her, uh, her style. She's a, she's an MMA fighter and a boxer. I thought she, it would be really interesting to to see how I can capture her movement um, with the camera, and as I would, I'm probably going to lean more towards black and white, maybe some color. But I really thought it would be a good test to be able to see what the camera can do and what type of images would actually come from the camera. Yeah, I, th I think you'll love it. You know, everyone I, I speak to that is a Fuji shooter 
has nothing but good things to say about Fuji from the ergonomics of the gear all the way through to, well, the main thing is the, the Fuji color. Like people talk about, mm -hmm. they love the colors sure. that come out of Fuji cameras. And you know, I had, I had the Fuji people on a little while ago, um, a couple of years ago, actually, we were talking about that. Like, what is that Fuji look? Like people always talk mm -hmm. about the Fuji look and I asked them specifically, I was like, I got the Fuji people here what is the Fuji look? And, and nobody could, even them, they couldn't really, I mean, they said, color, you know, all these words, color science and, you know, replicating film emulsions from Velvia and all this stuff, you know, of course, but still, it seems like there's something intangible in, in that color. Do you, do you feel that as well? Like you, you and I spoke yesterday, you mentioned something about you liking Fuji color as well. What is it about that color that, that attracts you so much? I don't know, Frederick. I'm not too sure. It, it's <laughs> it's like it's like um, for someone who, for me, whenever I shoot color, um, I like the palette that film gives me. And then Fuji has it has its, its own palette. Like they say, they have film emulations. I personally don't think they're film emulations. I think they're they're styles by themselves, beautiful as they are. Um, but I don't know what it is. It's they've really nailed down, in my opinion, they've really nailed down the science when it comes to that. Um, and what I've seen from it so far, I've loved it. Like I, I tried Sony, I tried Canon. And again, I feel like it's such a personal journey for every photographer, but Fuji just, as far as digital goes, it just, I don't know, it just, like, I feel like I could go to any like country, any state and just have this Fuji with me or a Fuji with me and be happy with the images that come out of it. At least from what I've seen outside of anything, I haven't shot models today will be the first day, but like, what I've been doing like on my everyday use. Um, and it, it's just, it's just been looking really good. And what are you coming from? What's the, what's your, your normal <clears throat> camera, you know, what's your normal camera lens combination? <laughs> um, camera lens or camera body? Uh, let's go camera body. So camera body, I shoot mainly on this little brick, uh, this Nomiya RZ67. Oh, um, man, I love that camera. I love that. You brought that up. That's like seeing an old friend. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a brick. Like, um, like I really, I, I think I fell in love the most. I fell in love with photography through this camera. And it's just, it's not necessarily that it's better. It's just more of like how it feels when I hold it, you know. Yeah. I, I shoot with medium format and the 110 millimeter lens and a, a couple other uh, lenses but i really love the feeling of the just how it feels when i shoot film meaning like I, I don't get to see the final image so the subject matter that's in front of me it's like i'm totally subjected to like the story that's in front of me if that makes sense it does um, yeah. and it, it was something about that workflow that kept me coming back and i'm a very kinesthetic learner so it's like every time I would pick it up, it would, it would feel like I would learn something really, something new and it would stick. Um, and I think that's what really attracted me to the camera. So yeah. medium format, like. I love medium, like we, we were talking about before, I, I shot, you know, my, my favorite camera, or the first one I had was a, first medium format camera I had was when I was in the Air Force and it was a RB67. Uh, you know, the, the, and also a, a Bronica, I was shooting with, with a Bronica. The RZs um, were, I think, a step up from the RB67. Uh, amazing camera. I remember you hold those cameras in your hand like you were just doing. And 
and that was a RZ, right? So you hold those cameras in your hands and it just, it feels like there's nothing else that you're going to be doing, right? Because the weight, yep. it's not, yep. it's not like, yep. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this with me and I may take a couple pictures if I feel like it. No, you're shooting yeah. with that camera. <laughs> you know, everything from loading yep. the film into the little film bag and, you know, it's, yep. it's intentional. It takes time. It takes muscle memory to do all that. So yeah. And you're right. When you're behind the camera, it's, you know, especially today, cause I haven't shot that in decades. I think, Today, I would think you're holding that camera in a sea of people that are shooting images with cell phones and mirrorless, you know, DSLRs and, you know, all this other stuff. And then here comes Zerb with Thor's hammer. Right. What is <laughs> what is what do you get looks? Do you get people tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, what's that? Oh, you must be a real photographer, sir. You have a big camera. Uh, what's the what's the public reaction to that thing? I mean, uh, when I do street photography, I don't often do street photography with it, but I mean, usually usual situations, if, if I'm working on a personal project, I'll bring it with me. Uh, usually that's how, that's how I shoot models or a lot of my, um, I wouldn't say conceptual work, but I'm working on a photo book right now. A lot of the, all of the images that's in that book so far or that I'm working on are on this camera. And usually when I show up with the film camera, they're like, they're just kind of shocked. They're like, so, I mean, unless they understand like the images that have come from it before, or they understand like some of like, I don't know if, if they've seen other people shoot it before, if they know how film looks on medium format, if they don't know any, if they don't have any prior understanding of that, they're shocked. They're like, okay, so what is, or, or they'll, they'll, after the, like, after I take a shot, it's like, can I see the picture? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> how it doesn't actually work like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, though you I mean, could like you could initially. get a digital back for that right i mean you could you could, you could. if you wanted I think to it would take, yeah i think it would take away from the experience for me um so yeah. i i just stick with the the film for me yeah ah so cool okay so we're off we're off down a path already let me rewind it back <laughs> let's rewind it sorry for that because i i get excited about this stuff um so let's rewind it back and and talk about the you know sort of the zerb origin story Right. So, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, and do give me the condensed version, obviously. But where did it all start and what, le, you know, what was your sort of I call it the radioactive spider moment. Right. Where, yeah, I want to be a photographer. I think this is what I want to do. Like, get, take us through the, the beginnings, the, the Zerb Big Bang. <laughs> Man, Frederick, it's been like a, it's been several Big Bangs for me. It's like when I first started photography, it was just more on the side of. At the time, I really wasn't a hundred percent sure what I what direction I wanted to go with my life, whatever that means. And I was in school for finance and accounting, and I wanted to pick up something, something different, something to keep my attention. Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up, my mom would always have those little Kodak cameras, you know, those little. Um, I think it was like you got you had ten, a couple shots, and she loved like all of my like my family memories are on there. Like, I'm I'm from Liberia, West Africa, um, mm -hmm. and everything, all of my childhood and even whenever I came to the States in Atlanta and in New York um, and even a little bit in Texas are images that she, she took on those little, you know, self-service Polaroids. Um, yeah. The, Polaroids like disposables. Like Kodak, the disposables. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. um, my mind kind of like went that direction to pick up, uh, just pick up the camera at, because at the time I was looking for something else to uh, self-expression, something to get out of like the, the, the routine of, of school. 
Um, so I picked up photography and um, it wasn't like instantaneously, oh, I love this, this craft. It was just more like I would keep shooting and it's like, I felt like the interest was growing. And every time I would shoot, it'd be like, oh, I wish I could get a little better with this, a little bit better of that. And I did that for at least a couple of years, a year or two. Um, and then after a while, I wanted to, you know, explore a little bit outside of street photography. Because while I was doing that, it was literally just some flowers, some waterfalls, which are beautiful, honestly, mm -hmm. landscapes, architecture. Um, but then I wanted to, you know, I wanted to explore a little bit further and kind of led me towards portraiture. And, and I think that's when the spark, I mean, it, I, I feel like there's been several sparks in my career so far. But I feel like that's when the spark ignited again for my interest in photography, where it's like I can tell someone's story through a couple images. I mean, like it just it was just so powerful to me. Um, so I continuously continued to take portraits. And what I noticed was this was a time I was I got an Instagram and social media fairly late. And I noticed like there was a, a lack of diversity of images of people of color, you know, mm -hmm. mainly people that look like me. So I kind of like made that a good chunk of my subject matter, um, just people of color. Um, so I would go out, shoot people of color, typically cl uh, friend, close friends. And, you know, that's how I kind of build up my, my photography. I would go to meetups too and shoot with different people and, you know, get into the, the Dallas community when it came to photography. But I did notice like a big lack of, you know, diversity and just inclusion when it came to people, just people of color. I don't know. I just mm -hmm. felt like there was not enough uh, people who look like me in the media or in on, on my Instagram feed. And relatively, I was really close, uh, early in my, my photographic career. So like I would follow like a whole bunch of people just to just to see that they're shooting pretty much the, the same models, you know, in the area. And that kind of like drove me to, you know, take portraits with a specific like subject matter in mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. When you when you say that, like shooting people of color, black people, you know, are you mm -hmm. are you telling stories from the, the black experience, quote, the black experience, you know, like things that that, mm -hmm. you know, that makes sense to us. And you're trying to expose that to people that may not have the opportunity to to see those kind of things. Or is it just or, you know, not just but are you taking it from the perspective of day in the life kind of thing you know what what what's your main focus yeah. when when you're when you're you know making these sort of short vignette stories yeah um when it comes to like the short stories that i try to address or try to you know shoot it's mainly around like i mean personally i'm not from the projects or really really tough areas when it comes to being a black american in uh, america mm -hmm. um but i've i've gone through the struggle just because of the color of my skin so a lot of times through my medium, I try to express that through like just composition or story matters, some, something that looks so pretty that you wonder why, you know, it's not framed, you know, people that you, you probably pass every single day and you, you don't really see their beauty, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times the story, stories are either based around like um, specific subject matters, like, for example, whenever... I did a, a, a series when it came to do-rags. Like when, you, when people see do-rags, a lot of times when they go to stores, they're like, oh, why is this guy wearing this on his head? Or uh, um, people who don't have a family who, had, who, who always tie their hair at night or always are trying to get waves or always are trying to get this, they don't truly understand. Like whenever, I guess, a person of color is, does that, they're trying to put their best foot forward. A lot of times it's like they're trying to get a specific look so they can look their best, you know. So I kind of took that subject matter and put it photographically. 
um, and create a different series from that. Like, I think that that's usually my approach. Like I'll take a story matter or a story or a subject that I feel like that can be represented through photography. Um, and I just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. If that, I love if that. that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Like we, when you like from a branding perspective, you know, like we said at the beginning, you're mm -hmm. up and coming photographer. I think you said you've been shooting for around seven years or so. So you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're seven years into what will probably be like a 50 year c career. Right. As you're doing this. Yeah, stuff. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. So when you when you look at this and you look at sort of the branding side of it, and I don't think there's a negative or a positive answer to this, but when you it, you know, I guess what's the, the best phrase to put on this typecasting, right? Do do you want do you want Zerb to be branded slash typecast? You know, the negative side of it is typecast. The positive side of it is branding. Right. So do you want to be branded as the, the photographer who, oh, let me call Zerb. I need some I need photos of black people doing so and so. So I want to I need to call Zerb up. But if they, you know, need a commercial shoot of a Jaguar or something, they're like, oh, no, Zerb's not the guy for that because he, he shoots this stuff over here. Do you, are you, do you have a fear of that or do you, do you relish that? Do you, like, what, what's your feeling about just sort of being put in a, you know, a specific genre? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to that subject, like, I feel like I can, I personally feel like I can photo photograph anything. Yeah. I feel yeah. I, it's, light's it's light, really, right? <laughs> Yeah, light's light. And I think that behind that is just purpose, you know. I feel like anybody nowadays, like, we have iPhones, we have all these different mediums that you can create and express yourself, and they're all beautiful, and then you're able to do that. I feel like there's something very important about holding true to yourself. You know, it's it's cool to be able to, I feel like it's cool to be able to go out there and do everything, but, you know, I feel like it's more beautiful to be able to, you know, focus on the things that you, that you think is, are going to make the most impact in this world, if that That's makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I personally, yeah. And I feel like, I, t I just feel like that is kind of like the area that I can make the most impact when it comes to, I guess, my voice. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And if those opportunities come where uh, a company says, could you shoot a Jaguar with someone that's not a person of color, that, I feel like if if they're thinking that hard about, you know, that I only shoot people of color and I can't shoot anything else, then I feel like there's a different problem there. You know, that's right. Um, that's what, right. <laughs> I feel like there's a different disconnect. Like what, what I shoot on my Instagram, on my website, like it's it's a mixture of different people. You know, def definitely there's a more of an emphasis on people of color, but is a mixture of different people, especially my photo journalistic work. But I mean, I feel like on that question, if, if a company is looking at my work and said, oh, he can only shoot people of color, I'm not going to hire him. I feel like that's a different issue by itself. And mm -hmm. I don't really think about that. Me as an artist, me as who I am, like going forward, I'm always thinking, oh, how can I inspire someone, a younger version of me, like growing up, like I didn't see enough. I personally, I don't feel like I saw enough inspiration to, to make me feel like, to empower me, to make me feel that I can do more with my life if that makes sense and i'm a very visual person so like i i feel like everybody learns a little differently and i feel like if i would have seen that more often in not just history but like everyday life people who are not that far away from my age i, I would be a little bit more inspired or people who if i saw a picture of them i could see myself in that if that makes sense yeah yeah and you know the other side of that coin is you know the the whole idea or what we're seeing now is more and more inclusion 
you know, for various reasons that we don't need to go into, but we're seeing, you know, more and more inclusion, both in Hollywood through mandated inclusion in movies and, you know, all all sorts of places. And then as a result, there's the, the other side of that is there's it's a it's fertile ground, right? Because there's a gazillion stories that have, for whatever reasons, you know, have not been told about us, about black people and, and the, you know, the little idiosyncrasies of what happens in the black culture, et cetera. So having a photographer that is focusing on that and understands even, even the interplay of light and different qualities of light on, you know, darker skin and how to shoot that and how to make that representative of what was actually there, is kind of magical, right? It's kind of the right time to do that. And then what was that? What was that cover, that magazine cover? Was it a a, a Beyonce cover or something where they the photographer shot her? Maybe it was even Annie Leibovitz. Um, but it was a photo photographer shot, let's say, a black famous performer. And the photo came out with a different skin tone. And that photographer came out, came under fire. Who knows if it was a photographer's fault or the retoucher or the magazine, whoever. But that somebody came under fire for whitewashing this person and lightening the skin and, you know, all this stuff. So, you know, being an expert in how to capture, you know, darker skin, I think that's a huge asset, especially in 2021, 2022 and beyond, because clearly that's the trajectory of where things are going. Do you feel that as well? Like you're, you're you know uniquely positioned not uniquely obviously but you know as a photographer maybe you are unique as a photographer shooting medium format film of black people right <laughs> so that's do you feel like you're uniquely positioned to be able to tell those stories i mean maybe not uniquely obviously you're not the only black photographer but you might be the only black one shooting mamiya medium format on film so do you feel like you're you're you know positioned well to take advantage of that coming you know, kind of tsunami of people saying, yeah, we need to show more real life black stories. Yeah, I think it's it's beautiful. And I, I think it's well overdue that the industry is, you know, accepting more, uh, just more photographers, a, a more diverse range of photographers who are able to capture just how life really is, you know, closer to what we see. Um, and I, I, I think I might, I'm probably pretty, I'm pretty, like, I think I, I'm in a good place where I, like I'm, I'm positioned where you know if when that work comes, I'm I'm ready to be able to capture that. Um, yeah. But it is very very much overdue. Like I feel like there's there needs to be more of that. You know, just more inclusion when it comes to like this, when it comes to the industry in, in general. Yeah, you know what? I want to I want to switch gears and talk about gear a little bit, right? Mm. So so we know you got that Fuji that's sitting right next to you that you're gonna you know, mm -hmm. be shooting with today. And are, are you taking the RZ out with the Fuji? Like, are you going to shoot primarily with the Fuji and then switch to the RZ? Or are you going to just force yourself only digital, only Fuji for this shoot? Um, so primarily, I'm actually going to be shooting on the Fuji. Um, yeah. But I always bring my medium format camera just because of the color palette. Like, you know, I feel like everybody has that look that they love and they, they gravitate towards. And, you know, like any artist, any painter, like, I love the color palette that, you know, film gives me as a foundation to build up. And like, I'm hoping to get that from the Fuji. Like, that's probably why I keep like, every chance I get, I'll pick it up, you know, shoot something and I'll tweak some of the color so it can get closer towards my palette. Um, but I'm primarily going to be shooting on the, the Fuji today. 
um, yeah. and with the variations of medium format, like for some close-up portraits or anything different. You know, you're you're an ambassador for MPB. What's what's it like? I mean, to be an ambassador, what does that mean for you and you know for the kind of work that you do? Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, when the opportunity came up, I thought it was honestly pretty cool, and I I feel like I got even more into it when I found out like a majority of the team for MPB are photographers. So it was really cool to be able to see the people behind the company are pretty much just like me. Yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. like obsessed with this. They're they're like completely obsessed with this stuff. So um, I mean, just hearing that actually drew me in even more. Um, but as a as an ambassador, I haven't really. This is probably the first time I've been an ambassador for any type of uh, brand, um, but I don't feel like it's any different. I feel like it it, it just gives me, a, I guess, a, a window to be able to express like these thoughts a little bit better through different, just through different mediums too, a, a chance to explore and see what re- uh, other cameras can do versus being stuck in like, which is, I don't consider stuck, but being just, like focused on one camera all the way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what kind of, what kind of kit have you borrowed from MPB and, and what do you think about it? So I got the, the Fuji X, the X pro three. Mm-hmm. I personally picked it because it had this option on the back where you, you can either see the, the back, back of the screen or you can't. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I kind of like gravitated towards that. Cause you know, going back to that thought of being in the moment, um, so I, I got the X Pro three, and then also with a, a twenty three millimeter lens and a ninety millimeter lens. And with the ninety millimeter lens, like I've been doing more street photography. Again, still tweaking the colors. I haven't felt. I'm, I work a little slower. I should work a little bit faster when this when it, when it comes to this. But like I've been trying to see like where the the colors kind of like live when it comes to street photography, or at least in my area in Dallas. Um, that's what, that's kind of like the plan for that. And then with the 23 millimeter lens, I've always gravitated towards something closer to a 35, a little bit wider for portraits. Um, unless I'm doing like a proper portrait, like close up. Um, so probably I'm going to use the 90 for that. Um, but yeah, those are the two that I'm going to be using. Um, I also got an 18, an 18 millimeter for something wider. I thought it'd be cool to do something quirky to see like something that wide, how it would look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but those are those are the three lenses I went with: the eighteen, the twenty-three, and then the ninety millimeter. And so far, I've really liked the ninety the most. But then again, it's pretty close to like how I shoot already. But like the ninety has been one of my favorites so far. It's your go-to. It's your go-to. Like for for yeah. other younger photographers, or you know, maybe not even younger photographers, other what's called newer photographers that are looking at this stuff and like, okay, I need to get this gear, I need to get this lens, a strobe, and all this stuff. Would you, would mm-hmm. you, as a as a photographer, would you guide them toward or encourage them to buy used, or should they be looking at new? Oh, stuff? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely buy used. Like, why would you buy it new? Like, I mean, I mean, this sounds bad, but like, I wish somebody would have told me like in the beginning, like if you want it, the first camera you picked up might not be the camera for you, you know? So yeah. if you buy a new camera and you drop like all this money and like a few, I don't know, sometimes a few years, some a couple months in, you're like, oh man, this, this camera is not really for me. I don't like what it's, what it, the images that are coming out of it. You're kind of stuck because you dropped a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But if you buy, I feel like if you buy used, you can, you have a little bit more of a wiggle room to be able to be like, oh, this is not, this wasn't as much. I can sell it back. I can try again. Um, I personally would still suggest Fuji. Personally, yeah. yeah, I've tried a lot of cameras, and I still, for photo, for video, Sony is it's great, but like yeah. for photo, I would say uh, Fuji. But back to your question, um, <laughs> what's it called? Back to your question. I, I would say buy used because, like, how do you know your style if you don't try, you know, try new things? If you don't yeah. try out the different cameras, you know? It's like dating, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta date before yep. you get married, right? Because otherwise, yep. you know, you're otherwise you become like a fixer. Because because so, it's like to continue that analogy, it's like with cameras. If you if you on on a recommendation of some influencer or somebody or a magazine article or something, you buy into a particular camera brand, you're you know, you're kind of stuck there because it's kind of like a car, right? It's yep. going to depreciate the minute you take it off the lot and you've instantly lost money. So if you don't want to lose that money, it becomes a fixing game. You know what? Maybe it's me. I'm going to, I'm going to form myself to like this camera and use it. Right. Even though it kind of feels weird in my hand, I can, I can conform because a lot of people like it. So maybe it's me. Then to your point, or yeah, why not just you know, buy the used version and use a use a MPB or use MPB to offload it if it's not for you and get something else. Right? Yeah, it just it just seems logical. I wonder why more people don't do that. I think it's just for lack of think, knowledge. Yeah, I think plus it's like these big these big camera companies they have a lot of push. So it's yeah. like whenever they drop a new camera, they push it like they just you know they push it out and yeah granted some of these cameras are like extraordinary on like what they're able to do but for someone who's like an amateur photographer who just started you know you go pick up i don't know like you go pick up the sony the newest line of sony or the newest line of, line of canon though you might get good 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 photos you have you like you de- you, de- you probably dig deep in your pocket to get it <laughs> and then now you're like <laughs> in between like i feel like it there's passion lost in between. I feel like if when you jump and grab like the most expensive thing without trying to understand like some of the fundamentals, granted, yeah, you right. can probably learn the fundamentals while you got it. But like, there, I feel like there's, you lose some passion when you just keep, if you buy like a new thing, like completely new versus, you know, just trying it out. Like it took me a minute to find, find out like medium format was like the, or this Mamiya was like my, my style. And I went through a whole bunch of cameras. And I wish I would have started with like used gear versus, and I probably would have ended up with Fuji if I used used gear. But you know, yeah, it's that's so a different story. Yeah, and it's all it's money related too, right? Because money can, yeah, you know, can will drive everything for the most part when you're making that decision. Because if you don't have any money, it's like, oh, what can I can <laughs> what can I afford? Um, so you get mm-hmm. that, and then morph to it. And if you have the budget to get whatever you want, you may end up you know, short circuiting. Cause now you get all, you get this, the best money can buy. That's not necessarily what you need as an artist. And that can short circuit the process and turn you off to photography as well. So yeah, buying, getting used, I think for both sides from a, I don't have any money. So yeah, it makes fiscal sense to go with used, but I have all the money now. I you know, still it makes fiscal sense to go and get something and, and experiment with what you like and then maybe you know go buy it new if later if you want to if you feel the need to go buy it new after that after you've tried a bunch of different bodies you can do that a good thought experiment somebody told me about a while ago 
was to, um, you know, go look at, get on YouTube and go look at promotional sales videos for older camera bodies, like for two years old, you know, cameras and look at how amazing those cameras are, right? Light hasn't changed. Light is still exactly the same as it was millions of years ago, right? So these cameras show up and it's like, oh, it does this and this many megapixels and frames per second and sensor size and you know all of this stuff. And those are amazing. And you look at the ones today, they, they're arguably better, but the ceiling of the ones from a couple of years ago is way beyond what most people will ever touch anyway. So if you go look at those and say, wow, that's an amazing camera. Let me see how much that costs on MPB. Oh, that's in budget, you know, and it's $1,500 less than it was when it was new. I think I'll get that. Boom. Right. So, you know, I wanted I wanted to bring us down on, you know, in, in, in the interview with some thoughts on film. So we touched on that and that you're shooting film and all that. And I'm curious the, you know, notwithstanding the, the, form factor and the love of the resolution and the, the picture quality that comes out of medium format specifically, but film itself is a commitment, right? I mean, you're, it's, it's, you know, everything from purchasing it and the expense of purchasing it to loading it, to unloading it, to processing it, to printing it, you know, the whole nine yards. It is, it is the rocky road uphill versus the smooth paved road of digital on this side what what, what pushed you to to punish yourself and shoot, and shoot film when it's you know arguably much easier to go the digital route yeah um again it was like that exploring trying to figure out like what camera was for me and again mm -hmm. it was like one of those uh, i guess like spark of like continu continuation of like what brought me to photography. I stumbled like about like a year and a half or maybe almost two years ago, I stumbled upon like Gordon Parks's work. Mm. And I really, I drew a lot. I don't know. I, it, it was just something is inspirational about how he was able to bounce between fashion photography, you know, shoot like gang members and then go out and do like photojournalistic work about really sensitive subjects. Like, like in the way he was able to capture it just completely inspired me. So I feel like it came from, you know, like a appreciation of the photographers from the past, um, specifically him. Um, and it was interesting around the same time I was doing a lot of photojournalistic work for the times and other news sources. Um, and like something about that, that flow, even though I, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I, I've done a few stories on film, but, it was something about the workflow that, you know, really drew me in. And I think it's just the slow, like the slowness and the sensibility of like what's in front of you that keeps, keeps me shooting film. You know, mm -hmm. the characteristics of it are beautiful, the grain, the color, but I think it's like something that's outside of the camera. You know, it's, it's more inward. It's more like when, when I'm shooting an individual or when I'm photographing, shooting sounds weird. <laughs> when I'm photographing <laughs> an individual, uh, <laughs> when I'm photographing an individual with the camera, it's more like, let's sit and let's, let's talk about your, not let's talk about your life, but it's let's, let's sit and like understand what's in front of me. It gives me a chance to sit and understand what's in front of me more, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and just like the small nuances, because I feel like as human beings, we have like these, like just real delicate um, 
just little signs of ourselves, you know, characteristics that makes each and every one of us super unique. And I think because of how slow film made me shoot, and I'm not saying film is better, like as far as resolution and all these different aspects, sure. it's just more of like me as an individual, what it, what, what kind of state of mind it puts me in, you know, and like an appreciation of the, the photographers of the old, but like, I don't know. It's just, it is something about it. Yeah. It's, you're right. I, I think you think hit on it. It's a process. It's almost maybe like a, like a meditative pro- process. And, um, because it's so considered and it, and there's so many kind of moving, literal moving parts in there, uh, you know, in, in the digital world, it's when you snap that shutter, even when you're looking through the, the viewfinder, it is translating an analog world into a digital representation of that analog world and then recording those zeros and ones. And then you take those zeros and ones and put them on a computer that then moves the zeros and ones around more. And then you output them as a final result and share them on medium. That is also zeros and ones, right? With, with, with film, you are translating an analog world in onto an analog medium, right? So you're removing a step of digital out of that. You may go to, you know, obviously you're going to go to digital ultimately, unless you're going to, process and print it and hang it yourself, then you could stay analog the entire process. But if you're not and you're gonna share it online, then you're gonna scan that film uh, or the print, but you're gonna scan that film more than likely, then it becomes zeros and ones. But you know, hopefully it retains some of that, what you're talking about, that analog sort of uh, you know, ethereal tactile feel of the, the actual thing that was photographed. It's yeah, it's like the Fuji color, it's hard to put your finger on it. Right. The, yeah. the difference, because it's still like if you look at if you look at film, if you zoom in and look at a negative or or film, it's comprised of, you know, what depending on what it was. Say if you're looking at black and white film, it's comprised of silver halides in their light sensitive silver halides, which are kind of a direct analog to pixels. Right. On the on the other side. But these are they're tightly placed on that film on the emulsion but they're randomly positioned on there, right? There's no, there's no repeating pattern of those, those silver halides on there. They're just either closer together and it's slower film or they're farther apart and it's faster film. That's it, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Are you, you planning on any point? Yeah, are you going to plan to to stick with the film journey for the long haul? Or do you think you, you know, obviously with the Fuji stuff, it's tempting you to the dark side, right? So are you, are you, you know, the Fuji finger may be like, Zerb, come over here. It's the water's warm. <laughs> so what do you think? It's much easier over here. You don't have yeah. to do all this. No. <laughs> yep. Just use um, me. Press the button. <laughs> Um, you know, I feel like, I think I'll never, I feel like this is, if, if I'm lucky enough to, you know, have children, I feel like that this is the camera I would pass on. Um, I don't think it's something that I'm going to put down, but like any artist, I feel like we all involved and evolve and try to, you know, get better at our craft. So if, if I find myself leaning more towards Fuji, because, you know, it, it really tells the story better or leaning towards any camera, like. Even, even if I tried another Canon or even so, some of these iPhones, they're crazy, to be honest. Like if I were to try any other medium and it told the story um, the way I like I envision it or the way it, it is, like usually I'm either making an image or I'm taking an image. 
So if I feel like if a camera does both of those very well, then I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't not look at it. You know, right. if, if it does it very well and it, and you know, as, and it, and it, I don't know, I, I can go back to like a, a painter. If it, it makes the brush stroke as, as I see it or how I envisioned it, then I think that I'm, I wouldn't be very smart for not, you know, giving it a try. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's, do you, you know, what, what's the purpose of, of the art, right? Is the purpose of the art to prove that you're a medium format shooter or is the purpose of the art to oh, tell the that. stories, right? Is it to tell, like we were talking about in the beginning, to tell stories about the black experience from the black community, et cetera, you know, is like, oh, wow, this, this amazing thing is happening over there. I need to take some photos of it, but I don't have my medium format camera. You're going <laughs> to, you, you're going to pull this thing out. You're going to pull your iPhone out or your whatever Android and go shoot it because the cameras in yeah. there will, will capture that story. Do you feel, what do you feel about that overall? Like the, the, you know, this, this, the, I'm just blown away by this. This is the, the one I'm holding up now. Folks that are listening to this is the iPhone um, 13 Pro Max with all, you know, all the bells and whistles in there. And as a photographer mm -hmm. of many, many decades, I'm looking at that thing and I'm like, okay, this, you know, this, and we're, you know, we're only in, num the, there's numbers after 13. That's the 13 Pro Max. <laughs> there's a 14, a 15, a 16, you know, the trajectory is looking really, really interesting for those cameras. Not as a replacement, I don't think, for traditional cameras yeah. because you know the things that these the mobile cameras can do obviously with computational photography and you know video shoot edit share directly from your your hand right you can't do that yet with the bigger cameras but what these cameras cannot do that the big cameras can do are you know have these the i'm holding up my lumix camera now have this glass on there right yeah <laughs> so, there's no you know, there's no way yeah <laughs> i don't think <yeah>. so <laughs> well yeah we don't unless unless apple or whomever can figure out a way to you know bend space and time and light and use dark matter energy in a camera then <laughs> then maybe you know it won't matter but until then the optics and the bokeh and just that flavor like you talk about even that analog flavor you know, just the analog flavor of that light bouncing through that lens and landing even on a digital sensor, it's hard to replace in a mobile camera. But the things mobile cameras bring or mobile phones bring cannot yeah. be denied. You know, it's it's yep. crazy what you can do side by side comparison from a, a DSLR full frame even to what was taken by something that somebody just whipped out of their back pocket. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think you're in the, the, the right space for this you know, the right, the right headspace in terms of it's about the art, right? At the end of the day, yeah. it's about the art and the path of least resistance or not even, not even the path of least resistance, the path of, uh, most fulfillment, right? Because for, yeah. for photographers, mm -hmm. it's about the journey as well as the end result. If you don't, if it sucks taking photos, you're not going to take, take photos. If you're not enjoying the process, you're not going to do it. Right. So it's gotta be, fulfilling at several touch points along the way. Zerp, where, if people want to see the work that you're working on or maybe even some of the shots from today, you know, that you're going to go shoot in a couple minutes here with Ed Fuji, what's a good place for them to go head to and, and follow you and keep up with you? Yeah, um, like right now, most of my, I guess, immediate work is on Instagram, uh, obzerp, mm -hmm. um, and uh, observe obzerp, so it's O-B-Z-E-R-B. 
And then my on my Instagram, you'll find a majority of my, I guess, professional work. A lot of the stuff that, you know, I personally selected that I honestly love the most. Um, but yeah, your Instagram or my website. Excellent. Excellent. Zerb, thanks for thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. You know, it's a good it's been a really good conversation. I hope you'll come back on the show again and you know, we can explore explore different topics of photography. Um, as your your career grows, like you said, we said you're upper and comer as you move up in you know, that ladder. Uh, it'll be interesting, but you're, you're already up there, right? I mean, you've shot, you've been shooting commercial jobs for media outlets and, mm. and projects and all that stuff. So I wouldn't say you're a, a green photographer. You're, you're experienced. You're, I think you're, you're at the top end of the, the, the scale, uh, when it comes to experience, considering how many new people are coming into the genre or to the, the photography industry every day very few have the pedigree that you have already and you're already moving mm-hmm. forward. So congratulations on that and uh, best of luck with that. And um, yeah, I hope you'll come on again and chat with us. Really appreciate your time, Frederick. Right. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, yeah, likewise. All right, you take care and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck on that shoot. This is Twitter.